It's Curious City, where we take your questions about Chicago and the region and investigate, report, explore from WBEZ. One more clap. Bus stop, please. One, two, left, right, one, two. Ooh, hi there. I'm WBZ reporter Monica Eng, and you've just caught me practicing my moves as we get ready to dive into one of the grooviest Curious City questions ever. It comes from a couple of teens we met while collecting questions at the library. They didn't leave their names, but they did leave us this really great question. Have any dances ever been invented in Chicago? My search for answers sent me waltzing all over town. And in the process, I learned a few new things. First, the dance moves have come from all over the city, showcasing once again Chicago's cultural diversity. Second, some of these dances have spread across the globe. But many of their inventors, or at least folks who were there when the dances began, they're still around and happy to talk about them. Third, Chicago's hatched so many famous dances, I can only get to a fraction here. So I went to explore four different dances from four different eras. First up, Chicago in the 1950s. That's when a new style of polka music was shaping a new style of polka dancing. At the time, the city was bursting with Polish polka musicians like Lil Wally Jagiello. His polka songs sent couples skipping and hopping all over the dance floor to hits like No Beer in Heaven. In heaven there is no beer. That's why we drink it here. Lil Wally has since passed on, but his longtime trumpet player is still playing polka music today. My name is uh, Dan Ptak, P-T-A-K. It's a Polish name, and translated into English, it's bird. And uh, my nickname was The Bird. They they called me The (laughs) Birdman. We met The Birdman at a monthly breakfast for polka veterans. Here, he recalled a time when Chicago's Division Street was still called Polish Broadway. Every block had three or four taverns. Every tavern had a polka band. And after World War II, I mean, you couldn't move on Division Street on a weekend. But the bar owners, they started to notice something. This traditional fast polka music was exhausting the dancers. And longtime polka promoter Patrick Henry says this became a problem. By the end of a few dances, they'd be too tired and be going home, and it wasn't a good thing for the bar owner, seriously. They wanted them to hang around and drink. So he says little Wally thought up a solution to save the day. Wally had this kind of epiphany, I think, that let's slow it down and let's let the people enjoy a longer evening rather than throw out all their energy and then, you know, be done. This slower beat would come to define how Chicagoans played and danced to polka. But when bands like Little Wally's took the new sound on the road, Patek's crowds were, well, a little confused. And the people would just stand there and look at us. They didn't know what to do. So we had to teach them how to do the Chicago-style polka. This Chicago-style polka took advantage of the extra space between beats. Couples would add a little bounce or extra hop to their step. The dance style was immortalized by Lil Wally's song, Chicago is a polka town. So was Chicago's polka hop just about selling more beer? Sounds plausible to me, but either way, it produced a style that stuck and put some extra bounce in the step of polka dancers everywhere. 
Next up, Chicago in the 1970s. That's where the dancing world saw the birth of a romantic couple's dance. It evolved out of an earlier groove, but this version came with turns and more complicated footwork. It's called Steppin'. We recently stopped by a stepper set at the legendary 50-yard line nightclub. It's in Chatham on the south side. And there we met with a guy who says he first coined the term steppin'. Sam Chadman. I actually am a retired CTA bus operator. All I do is DJ and promote various events around the city of Chicago. Chapman says he came up with the name because dancers could sometimes look like they were just strolling side by side. But to longtime stepper Connie Hill, it looks more like... Like ballroom dancing, but it's a little jazzier. It's a little smoother. It's a little something that you can do forever. She and Chapman say that the smoother style lets people dance longer and even smell sweeter by the end of the night. Well, I have an expression that you come to a stepper set smelling good and leaving smelling good and looking good. You go to one of those hip-hop parties, they sweating, perspiring, etc., etc. You don't do that at a stepper set. But just because the dance is easy on the bones, it doesn't mean it's easy to do. I watched all night, and I still couldn't figure it out. But ladies who can... Chapman says they're in high demand at these events. If they can dance, the guys are going to dance with you. Now, if you can't dance, you got a problem. You know, well, I'm just saying, they're going to dance with you one time, but they ain't coming back. So what's a typical stepper song? Chapman says you can step to anything, from the R&B sounds of Mary Wilson and Beyonce to the country tunes of Eddie Rabbit and Chris Isaac. Because the most important thing is the mood. Set by bands like The Temptations and Smokey Robinson and Dramatics and Bed Midler. And if you listen to Stepper's music, 99% of the lyrics are about love and relationships. I don't like you, but I love you. Despite the admittedly aging crowd that comes out to Stepper sets, Hill says the scene remains strong across the country and right here in its hometown. Any day of the week, you can find somewhere to go stepping. You really can. Now let's jump to the late 90s in Chicago's Latino community. That's where a strange hybrid of northern Mexican polka sounds met military band horns and 80s synthesizers. The music's called Duranguense, which literally means from the state of Durango. But what's up with the name if the music was invented here? The only reason we named it Duranguense, not Chicaguense, was because the original members, we were all from the state of Durango. That's José Luis Terrazas. He founded the band Montes de Durango, which helped forge the Duranguense sound. And in the early 2000s, he got an idea of matching the sound with popular old music covers. And I went to Durango and I started looking for old songs. And I found a, a song called Camino Tepehuanes. The combination turned out to be a huge hit, blowing up first in the U.S., then Mexico, then much of Latin America. But it was more than just music. The Duranguense craze came with its own look. Giant cowboy hats with blinged-out guayabera button-down men's shirts. Plus, a really sexy dance called the Pasito Duranguense. It's kind of like dancing merengue, uh, but to a polka. Got that? It had the hip-grinding and marching of merengue set to a bouncy polka beat. 
Terrazas is happy to take credit for the music, but when it comes to these dance moves, he gives all the props to the fans. You know, we started seeing people dance like that, and we started imitating them on stage, and then the other people started imitating us, and it was kind of like a Forrest Gump thing. Yep, the whole craze came from the band, copying a few fans on the dance floor, and then thousands in the audience thinking the musicians were demonstrating some kind of official new dance. The dance got even hotter when the band flew a Chicago couple to Miami to demonstrate it on the variety show Sabado Gigante. But one of the coolest things about the Pasito is you don't really need a partner to dance it. And this has been a boon for certain shy dudes at their shows. And if it wouldn't have been, you know, you know for that Pasito Duranguense, they'd probably be in a corner drinking beer, you know, and listening to the music. And Chicago would still be missing from the Latino dance pantheon. Okay. The Pasito Durenguense is really popular. But our next dance blows just about every other dance out of the water. It's a party line dance with instructions so clear that just about anyone can do it. Cha-cha, real smooth. Yep, it's the cha-cha slide. A line dance invented right here in Chicago, and Englewood to be exact, by the well-known radio DJ, the ever-friendly... DJ Casper. But believe it or not, the cha-cha slide was never supposed to be a dance. Instead, Casper wrote it for his nephew's step aerobics class in the late 90s. But every time he went to the dance club, people would say, hey, let's do that dance you have. And I was like, what dance? And they were like, the cha-cha slide. So that's how it all started out as an aerobic exercise and then moved on to a dance. And from there, the street picked it up and then WGCI picked it up. And then Universal Records picked it up from there. From there, the song was picked up by party DJs who played it at sporting events, weddings, bar mitzvahs, and celebrations everywhere. But some of the places it's gone have even surprised Casper. I looked online um, on YouTube and seen they had the Cuban inmates doing the cha-cha slide. I was like, wow, i never been to Cuba, but I, I think I need to go there. There's something waiting for me in Cuba. Still, Casper hasn't been resting on his cha-cha laurels. In the last decade, he's cranked out even more wildly popular line dances. These include the pimp walk, Cupid shuffle, the wobble, and his latest, the diva slide. Divas! So what's going to be the next Chicago dance? It could be percolating right now in some hot suburban basement or sweaty nightclub of this toddling town. And yes, that nickname comes from yet another bouncy couple's dance. It's called the Toddle, and it was born right here in Chicago a hundred years ago. Chicago, Chicago, that toddling town. Reporting comes from me, Monica Eng, and Curious City multimedia producer Catherine Nagasawa. Curious City is supported by the Conant Family Foundation. Sorry if we missed your favorite Chicago dance. Be sure to check out our list of all the other dances invented in Chicago at wbez.org slash Curious City. On State Street, that great street, I just want to say They do things they don't do on Broadway Next time on Curious City, 
The White Sox hat with the white diagonal SOX was embraced by fans and gangster rappers when it was unveiled in 1990. When Dre started wearing that White Sox hat, everybody started wearing that White Sox hat. But the design goes back decades to when a young baseball exec was put in charge of a struggling team. He said to me, if I couldn't make the White Sox win, at least I would make them look like winners. The 70-year history of the White Sox hat. That's next time on WBEZ's Curious City. Before we start the show, we here at Curious City want to let you in on a little-known fact about WBEZ. 89% of all our funding comes from community support, including contributions from curious listeners like you. If this program has changed how you see Chicago, please consider supporting this program at wbez.org curious. Thank you.